1976, I was living in New York, and I went to the Village Vanguard, and I heard her for the first time. I fell in love with her, and then right after that, I moved back to Chicago. And there was a concert or something where if you pay a little extra, you can go to the meet and greet, and I did. And I walked up to her, and she was talking to a group of students, and she said, if anybody knew how to get me on the black college circuit, I would really appreciate that. I had just gotten out of law school in 1975. I raised my hand and I said, oh, I can get you on the black college circuit. And she said, oh, really, how? So I laid out this really detailed plan right there at the meet and greet. And she said, young lady, I can tell from what you're saying that you know absolutely nothing about what you're talking about. But I like your spirit. And she gave me her phone number and said, give me a call whenever you're in New York. So I went home and I bought a ticket and I called her and I said, it just so happens I'm going to be in New York in about two or three weeks, whatever it was. And I came to New York and sat in her house right there at 117 St. Felix. And we talked and talked and she said, well, so you're pretty new out of law school. What do you know how to do? And I said, I know how to do wills. And she said, okay, you can do my will. So I did her will. And I charged like $150 for a will, and I told her that, and she gave me a check for like $1,500. So I said, what's this for? And she said, well, from now on, you can tell people that Betty Carter is your client because you'll owe me hours. And that's basically how I came into her life, and she came into mine. Betty uh, was always, of course, a deep thinker and always thinking about music. But the issue that was always on her mind constantly, she always had in her mind audience building. How do we build a better audience uh, for jazz? And this was something in her mind, and she thought about it and thought about it a lot. And then uh, I think in 1993 was the beginning, the first Jazz Ahead program. We knew that she would need someone to collaborate with in order to make her dream come true because she wanted to be a big program, she wanted to tour, and she wanted to um, mentor more young artists. At BAM, there was this wonderful, wonderful uh, director by the name of Mickey Shepard, and Betty finally had a wonderful meeting with uh, Mickey Shepard, and they discussed Betty's vision of Jazz Ahead, and it just went from there. I don't know if I was as prepared as much as I was thrilled and honored to even be asked to represent this great lady, and I knew what that meant. I knew that I had to do the exact same thing that she did with me. Somehow, the point was to really embody her dedication, to kind of have a sense that she would be okay with me doing this. But there was also the fact she must have known, and it helped that I knew, that I was a musician. I have studied, write music, that language I understand, the language I know, the theory. That helps when you're in a situation with mostly musicians. You know, you're working with musicians who Betty Carter insisted must play their own music, their own compositions. So here I am, you know, music is flying all over the place and it's all new music. That's what distinguishes Jazz Ahead from any other program. 
was that the focus was on your music to find your voice. So, you know, we'd come in and that first maybe day or so, we have all these artists from all over the world and they have to get acquainted with one another. And we have to, as faculty, get a sense of their level and you know how they're writing and what their songs are like. First time, we, what we do is we just call standards. I mean, everybody just plays, we just play tunes. It would be the same thing if Betty just said, you're on the bandstand and she calls some tune and you don't know it, let's count it off. One, two, it goes like this, boom. And she did that, she did that all the time. At some point I realized, okay, now we spend two weeks together, we've gotten a sense of who's kind of compatible with whom and all of those things that kind of make for better performances and a better workshop experience. And then, of course, at the end of this two-week period, they all perform. They all come to the stage and they all play their own music. Something she told me when I was getting ready to leave the band, she said, you're ready to go play with the guys now. So the whole time I was in the band, she would talk about the difference between playing with the guys and playing with, you know, someone like her, which she's not the only one that exists uh, or existed. She came in the order of some great women, you know, and was brought up through some great men as well. So her perspective on it was that the women are going to treat you a certain way. Like, no guys are going to take you to get a suit. And if you don't have your passport, you ain't on the gig. Like, that would have been the final to whether I was going to get the gig or not. Do you have a passport now? No. Okay, all right, you out. Because I need, you know, most people working on timelines, like late timelines. So I need your passport now so I can book the ticket today. That Betty worked ahead of time. You know, and plus she knew young cats. So that was something that she probably you know, made a concession for, like, okay, I probably had to get him a suit, I probably had to get him, you know, but she made room for that. She cared in that way. So that was the thing that made you feel comfortable with the criticism that she gave you, because at the same time, she slapped you, she hugged you. So it was like, wow, okay, you brought me down, you picked me up at the same time. She could do that. She might do that with an extra bump on your check after a rough tour. But she could also do things like really challenge what you thought you wanted to do, commit yourself to. You know, and I've seen some guys go the other way. Where I'm totally inspired by Betty. Uh, there were times where I felt like, wow, I wouldn't let nobody talk to me like that. And I don't think she meant it in no bad way. She was really dealing with the music. She wanted the highest quality from the music. And not everyone knows how to deal with that soft. I don't think you could deal with that kind of issue soft. So what she was doing is separating the weak. I hate to call somebody weak because they can't take something Betty said. But the people that couldn't take that probably couldn't take something that one of the guys said. So I would say that due to the maybe the lack of people really knowing the depth of Betty is why she's not spoken of all the time in the same breath as a Miles Davis or some of the men. You know, but if you talk to the musicians, they're going to talk about Betty, you know, more likely, especially in my generation, because we had access to her. My earliest memory of being introduced to Betty Carter was this uh, record. I don't remember who gave it to me or how I found it, but I think I was looking for some Carmen McRae stuff. 
and I stumbled on the Betty Carter and Carmen Duet's album, and I obsessed about it. I think it was in like a sophomore in high school. At that point, I was deep into Sarah Vaughn, deep into um, Diane Reeves, deep into uh, Cassandra Wilson, uh, Phyllis Hyman. Carmen McRae came around, and then when I stumbled on Betty, I fell in love. And I never turned back after that, because for me, she represented the kind of uh, musician I wanted to be. And, you know, as a vocalist, I always felt a little bit on the outside of the music, because, you know, when you come in, you're kind of like, you do your one song, and then the band plays, right? But with Betty Carter, they were all an ensemble, right? It wasn't the vocalist and the band. It didn't, at least it didn't feel that way to me. It felt like she was inside the music as opposed to layered on top. And that was a different experience for me. Also watching videos of her uh, conducting the band, it just shifted the way I thought about who I could be in the band as a band leader you know, and how I could shape the music in a more centered and empowered way from an empowered place. So Betty Carter really changed my entire life <laughs> musically, you know. <laughs> 